Welcome to the Confidently Balance Your Hormones podcast. My name is Dee Davidson, and I'm a hormone health expert, master mindset coach, and multiple wellness business entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you experience hormone balance, confidence, self-love, and live a life full of joy. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. Welcome back, my friends. This is your guide of Confidently Balance Your Hormones, Dee Davidson. And today we're digging into the fascinating world of hormonal interactions. I received a listener request to explain how hormones affect one another, and I think this is a great question. There are so many more hormones than you probably even think. We're just going to dive into the surface of this. I recommend that if you're really interested in learning about hormone health, uh, years back I was really, really wanting to learn from my own knowledge and my own struggles with infertility, weight gain, and chronic fatigue. So I enrolled in the certification process to the IIN, which is a school out of New York City, one of the most well-known health coaching schools or institutions in the United States. And actually people come from all over the world and they have a hormone health certification. So that's a great program. If you're interested in learning more about the functional lab aspect, I'm always up for discussion about FDN, the certification that I received for that aspect of hormone health. Uh, it's an extensive program and it's, it's great. I'm part of that association ongoing. But I just want to say that if you find this interesting or you want to learn more, there's no negatives to enrolling in either of those programs in my my inbox is always open for a discussion about that. And this is a great time for me to remind you that I love hearing from my listeners. So if you want to learn more about my education or something on this podcast, or you want me to talk about something on my podcast, the best thing to do is shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'm on there daily at confidently underscore love underscore yourself. And if you don't follow me there, hop over there now because I post lots of great free content daily, tips and recipes and all the good stuff. So hop on over there, confidently underscore love underscore yourself and uh, shoot me a message. Let me know that you listen to the podcast. So there are a lot of hormones and a lot of interactions within that hormonal tree, if you will. They can be a cascading effect. So we're going to talk at a high level in regard to how these hormones can affect each other and what symptoms you might see. We're going to start by talking about pregnenolone and DHEA. These two hormones in particular are called the parent hormones. And the reason is that all the hormones pretty much stem off of pregnenolone and DHEA. And uh, they're the precursor for so many hormones. But the ones that I hear people asking me about the most are estrogen and testosterone, which are sex hormones. And yes, they stem from these two major hormones. And DHEA contributes to the production of the sex hormones and supports overall vitality. So I also want to remind you that Ladies, you have testosterone, need a balance of that. And men, you need estrogen and a balance of that. So they're not just, even though they're referred to as the female and male hormones, we all need some of that stuff in a good balance. 
So think of these parent hormones as the backstage crew. They're orchestrating the whole production. And if there's an issue with pregnenolone or DHEA, it can impact all of the downstream downstream hormones that we're going to talk about and affects everything from your mood to your energy levels to reproduction to uh, metabolism. So many things are affected if these are off. So pregnenolone and DHEA are the precursor hormones, as I mentioned, and they serve as the building blocks for various other hormones in the body. Um, some of the hormones that are downstream from pregnenolone and DHEA are progesterone, your rest and relax hormone. Uh, many women take progesterone in patch form or suppository form. And pregnenolone is the precursor to progesterone, which is crucial for your menstrual cycle if you're still cycling and for pregnancy support. Having not enough progesterone can result in miscarriage and things like that. So very important. DHEA, pregnenolone can be converted to DHEA. That's another important precursor hormone. And downstream, we have estrogen. So again, estrogen is known as the female hormone, but DHEA contributes to the production of estrogens, including estrone, estradiol, and estriol. We don't need to get into those. When we get into testing, we can talk more about that. Again, if you really want to get heavy duty, you probably want to schedule a consultation. You can just DM me on Instagram and I can send you my link. 30 minutes will really give you a lot of education in regard to what's going on with you specifically rather than me taxing you with a bunch of textbook definitions and things like that. So testosterone is known as the male hormone and DHEA is a precursor to testosterone playing a role in male and female reproductive health. Cortisol, many of you have heard of cortisol, that's your stress hormone. And DHEA also has an inverse relationship with cortisol, which again is the root of a lot of issues. And we'll talk a little bit, sprinkle throughout this, how cortisol is triggered. Again, it's your stress hormone. And we talk about stresses, we're not just talking about external stressors like your job, family, uh, taking care of a family member, but there's internal hidden stressors. Hidden stressors can really only be unveiled through functional lab testing. That's the reason that I went back to school and got an FDN certification to be able to order over 4,000 labs and interpret them to build protocols for people in a whole healing arena because it's very important to look at what cortisol might be it's like a ping pong ball, might be stealing from, if you will. It perceives that uh, a hidden stressor like a parasite or bad bacteria, low stomach acid, not enough good bacteria, could be bad bacteria in your mouth, it could be your liver sluggish, so many things. It could be food sensitivity. Cortisol looks at those hidden stressors and goes, uh-oh, something's off here, got to steal from something, and that's when your hormones go out of balance, your immune system gets a little bit weaker, your digestive system might slow down or not work optimally, your detoxification organs like your liver might become sluggish, energy production, you're feeling so tired, you don't know why, your nervous system, maybe you have panic, anxiety. So cortisol has a cascading effect basically on all of your functions and your hormones. It's it's really important. And, and I want to also just stop here and say that if you suspect hormone imbalance or you've been told by your OB, endocrinologist, your primary care that you have hormone imbalance, hormones are not the issue. The issue is going to be what's going on under the hood, the things we just talked about, whether you have inflammation or your blood sugar is dysregulated. Um, those are the things triggering this ping pong effect. 
So we need to really look at why, why your hormones off. They collectively impact various psychological processes. Again, your reproductive health, your stress response, and your overall vitality. So it's important to not just be chasing the hormone imbalance, but looking at what hormones are uh, interplaying and what things are under the hood. Stress hormones and sex hormones, they share a seesaw relationship. So when one goes up, the other might come down and managing stress externally is the thing that you can take charge of and we work on that uh, in my programs that's very important taking breaks breathing you know it's more than just a, a monthly massage or something like that you got to be managing stress every single day it can be blue light can be stress on your body from your computers and your devices emf there's so many stressors it's really really important to 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 have your stressors evaluated by a professional and have kind of a plan on how can I mitigate or reduce some of these stressors uh, and work on nurturing my nervous system because every single day we're having these stressors hit our body whether we like it or not. So cortisol, the stress hormone, it's released during stress. It affects your blood sugar. So if you're stressed, you could be eating healthy, organic. You could be eating every four hours. You could be working out. But cortisol is your stress hormone. And what happens is it spikes your blood sugar. So we don't want that, do we? Because blood sugar spikes. We know what that can, can lead to, insulin resistance and uh, metabolism issues and things like that. So when your cortisol is released like that and you're not, cortisol's not a bad thing. We need cortisol in case like um, we're in a, a situation where we need it to kick in because we're really in a threatening situation. So it's not a bad thing. We need it. But when we're constantly operating out of the sympathetic nervous system or fight or flight, that's when things get harmed, your metabolism, your immune function and things like that. And chronic elevation of cortisol can lead to weight gain, insulin resistance, and immune suppression. The next thing we look at is epinephrine, which prepares the body for rapid action, but you might have heart palpitations or um, you know, you feel like, oh my gosh, my heart's coming out of my chest, right? That's because your body thinks you're under a threat, even if you're maybe not being chased by a bear and it redirects blood flow. Sometimes if you have low blood sugar, you skip meals, you might feel that adrenaline. And prolonged elevation can contribute to high blood pressure and cardiovascular issues. So people go, I don't eat a lot of salt. Why is my blood pressure? Well, how's your stress management? Or have you, re have you made your body react so much to the stress that now your blood pressure is high? Um, and you've heard that managing stress with blood pressure and cardiovascular issues, um, especially with women. So uh, very important. The next thing we talk about is influence on alertness and mood and chronic elevation may contribute to anxiety, high blood pressure, and, and again, sleep disturbances. If you go to sleep and you're like, I felt okay, but I'm waking up. Well, that's all probably off. Your sex hormones, which are the most talked about, your estrogen, essential for free male reproduction, and it impacts your menstrual cycle, your bone density. Don't get me talking about bone density and eating dairy. Oh my gosh, please. Uh, bone density is more than that. Your bones are not made up of calcium, by the way. We can have that discussion. Reach out and schedule a session or um, join my Facebook community, which is free, by the way. And the note uh, to join is in show notes. If you don't read the descriptions to these podcasts, if you scroll down after 
um, you will see links, links to connect with me on Instagram, my email, and the free Facebook community. You can ask questions about any of these episodes or things that are on your mind in a like-mind community. Also, estrogen will impact cardiovascular health, and we hear so often that uh, women with heart disease have estrogen imbalances. So you want to check in on estrogen for imbalances that can lead to irregular periods, fertility issues, increased risk of osteoporosis, and, and heart disease. Progesterone, again, rest and relax, regulates the menstrual cycle, it supports pregnancy, has a calming effect, and imbalances can contribute to menstrual irregularities, mood swings, and difficulty conceiving. And again, I went through an unexplained infertility journey and my progesterone was definitely not where it needed to be. Testosterone, known as the male hormone, but females, we need it too. It is vital for male reproductive health. It also plays a role in female libido. So if you're feeling like you don't have a sex drive, let's check in on that testosterone. And also your overall well-being. It can lead to fertility issues, low energy, mood swings. It can lead to uh, weight fluctuations, PMDD. It can impact your cardiovascular and your metabolic health. So very, very important that we look at sex hormones and balance those out to be healthy. Insulin, a lot of people don't realize insulin is a hormone and it not only affects your sex hormones, by the way, but also plays a role in inflammation. High insulin levels can contribute to inflammation and uh, impacts a lot of different bodily functions. So inflammation, the issue with that is it creates a domino effect. It influences your hormones and your overall well-being. And uh, managing insulin can be tricky because you can be eating healthy foods, but what's healthy for one person might not be healthy for another. I highly suggest investing $139 in the metabolic typing test. You can order that through me. Again, uh, just reach out, d at confidentlyloveyourself.com and say, hey, I'm interested in the metabolic typing test. It'll take you 45 minutes. It's an online questionnaire that spits out a food Bible, I call it. It is a one-time investment. You'll never need to take it again because it's made up of who you are and you're not changing your core genetics and who you are. And it tells you what are the best protein sources. Some people need red meat, some people need fish, some people need um, higher fat, some people need more carbs. That's me. You know, I was eliminating carbs, you know, being almost 50, but I actually need more carbs. So stop guessing and take the metabolic typing test. It's such a piece, peace of mind and so effective in helping manage insulin uh, levels because if one food spikes your insulin, it doesn't mean it spikes your sister's insulin. It's important to know that and, and learn about that. Progesterone, again, rest and relax. Just remember that progesterone is important if you're trying to get pregnant, um, it, or you're in pregnancy, very, very important. It works in harmony with estrogen. Estrogen promotes the growth of the uterine line and, and progesterone helps maintain it. It counterbalances the effects. So very important to have that in the right balance and it prevents uh, growths and it, risk of endometrial cancer. Very, very important ladies. Progesterone also influences prolactin. So if you're nursing or plan to nurse, it's, it's responsible for the production of milk during pregnancy and um, breastfeeding. 
We have GnRH, I'll just leave it there. But progesterone inhibits the release of GnRH, which is a hormone that triggers the release of FSH, right? So FSH, the follicle stimulating hormone, and LH. So this helps to regulate the menstrual cycle. Very, very important that you look at that. And sometimes when you go to the gynecologist, that's what they're testing, but you're missing the whole piece. There are so many pieces to all of these things. And that's that's the tough part. When you go to the OB or your primary, they usually do blood work, which is nice. Uh, blood work is okay for some of these hormones, but you may have it available, that hormone in your blood. But what I do is urinary or a saliva test at different times through the day because by the way your hormones fluctuate with the stressors as the day goes on so we need more than one reading and also when you do a saliva test it tells us what's bioavailable which means what's available to organs and function the the things that you need your body doing not just how much of it it's, it's no good to know that oh yeah your levels are good in your blood but if it's not bioavailable or being um, sent to where it needs to be sent to work and be productive, that's the important thing. So reach out even if your levels looked okay on blood tests. Um, progesterone also has a calming effect on that cortisol and um, promotes relaxation, counteracts the impact on your mood and your sleep. All right, a big one that I wanna talk about right now. Listen up, ladies. If you're waking up and you're not hungry, I hear this all the time, I wake up, I'm not hungry until about two o'clock in the afternoon, so why is fasting bad for me? Well, you have actually screwed up your hormones. If you're not hungry when you wake up, you're supposed to be hungry an hour or two after you woke up, and now you're in uh, a state of survival. Your body, God built it innately to protect you, has suppressed your hormones that make you hungry. And that's not a good thing. When you start getting hungry an hour or two after you wake up, you know your ba your balance is coming back with these hormones. Uh, so stop fasting. Or if you're gonna fast, cut off eating at 5 p.m. and then eat an hour or two after you wake up because you're suppressing your, your appetite stimulation, which is ghrelin, is often referred to as your hunger hormone and it stimulates appetite, so you've probably suppressed that because your body thinks you're stuck on a desert. It doesn't know emotional intelligence, and it's suppressed it, so it's not a good thing. You wanna get that going again. You wanna eat an hour or two after and stop drinking coffee with nothing in your stomach. That's spiking cortisol and also not helping your appetite stimulation. Uh, so it's released by the stomach when it's empty, and it signals to the brain it's time to eat. So you might've just put your body in survival mode. Also, ghrelin, plays a role in growth hormones. So especially for younger people still growing, impacts growth. Uh, also think of growth of your, your muscles and things like that. If you're working out, it impacts that, your metabolism, your body composition. If you don't like what you're seeing in the mirror and you're doing these things, you're not helping the situation. Then we have leptin. This is a hot topic. Oh my gosh, don't even get me started on all of the leptin um, suppression that I see. Take this supplement because leptin will make you not hungry anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, if you cannot control the hole and you're just shoving food down there, you're overeating, there's a greater problem. It is not the food that is the problem and likely it's not your hormones, but if, if it is your leptin, we need to look at why leptin is not working properly, not just taking something to say, I'm going to suppress my appetite. That's not a good idea, is it? You wanna look at why is it suppressed and also where are these triggers coming from? They're likely emotional 
the food's not the problem. It's either uh, you've been taught to cope with life or things and using food as a coping mechanism, or there's a, a void spiritually or purpose. You're missing your purpose in life and um, feeling a little empty and food is helping you feed that. So in my coaching, whole health coaching, we look at where is that coming from? Where is that lack of control coming from? Uh, and maybe leptin is off, but we want to know why is it off? Leptone, leptin is known to um, suppress your appetite and it's released by your fat cells. It signals to the brain when you're full. So if you've lost control of that, also another problem is as children, we were told, finish everything on your plate. So now we finish everything on a plate. We go out to eat and they give us all this food. So we think we need to eat the whole thing. That's all mindset and becoming conscious being get on, getting out of unconscious uh, habits. And we talk a lot about that. And leptin influences your metabolic rate, promoting higher energy expenditure and fat breakdown. So you store a lot of fat if your leptin's out of whack. Uh, so we need to talk about that. And insulin, ghrelin may influence insulin secretion and contributes to blood sugar level changes. So we need to look at all this stuff, friends. Leptin, on the other hand, enhances insulin sensitivity and supports glucose regulation. Ghrelin levels tend to rise under the conditions of stress. So when cortisol spikes, guess what? Ghrelin also tends to go up and influences the cortisol secretion. Leptin Again, it regulates energy balance and it may indirectly impact cortisol levels by affecting overall metabolic health. Ghrelin also and leptin can influence reproductive hormones. Ghrelin might affect reproductive function through uh, its impact to release uh, GnRH. Uh, leptin being closely tied to energy availability can impact reproductive hormones, plays a role in menstrual irregularities. So it's Again, not one hormone, it's not two hormones. Everything is tied in like an orchestra. Melatonin, oh my gosh, melatonin. Go outside first thing in the morning before you get on the damn computers and phones. Look into the sun without sunglasses. Get more sunlight without sunglasses. Sure, protect your eyes if you're out there for a long time, but you can get free doses of melatonin by looking at the sun and it helps with sleep regulation. Many people have no idea that melatonin is a hormone. It is your sleep hormone, and it helps with your circadian rhythm, which is your sleep-wake cycle. It's produced in your pineal gland, and it responds to darkness and promotes relaxation, preparing your body for sleep. That's why it's important to get off your devices 30 minutes before, maybe an hour before you go to bed because that blue light is really screwing up your melatonin, wearing blue light protection, glasses, screens on your devices and things like that. And melatonin is powerful for uh, being an antioxidant. It helps protect your cells from oxidative stress. So if you have high oxidative stress, that's something I test for, really important. It's the aging and mutation of your cells. Um, very important to have a reading on how much oxidative stress is occurring in your cellular health. And it interacts with cortisol uh, cortisol is known as a stress hormone, and then you have the uh, melatonin, which is supposed to counteract that. It also has been found to stimulate the release of the growth hormone, especially during the sleep cycle. Remember, sleep is rest and repair. Totally needs to be in check for cellular repair. It also influences the reproductive hormones, particularly when it comes to the circadian rhythm. It interacts with 
hormones like the LH and the FSH, which lead to healthy menstrual cycles and fertility and thyroid. Many women, when they hit 40, uh, one of the things they do is an advanced thyroid panel. Um, your doctor may just be testing some primary thyroid markers, but we need to look at all of your markers and melatonin may affect that function. So we need to look at the relationship between melatonin and your thyroid. Melatonin also has a a role in insulin regulation and um, disruptions in your sleep cycle can definitely be influenced by melatonin and contribute to metabolic imbalances, including insulin resistance. So I forget if you didn't listen to the uh, episode before this with my mentor, FDN clinical advisor, Dustin, he talks about lack of sleep, how it really impacts your uh, insulin regulation even more than eating sugar and diet. So go back and listen to that. Listen to that. And lastly, let's talk about this, those sex hormones just a little bit more. So estrogen and progesterone, if those are off, you're going to have irregular menstrual cycles, mood swings, you're going to have breast tenderness. So very important to get those in balance. You might have um, PMDD, irregular periods, estrogen and testosterone ratio. If that's off, it can reduce your libido. It's not your fault that you don't feel like it. Uh, at 40, your ba- your um, balance is definitely starting to teeter-totter for most women. So it's not your fault. It's not that you've been with your partner for 20 years or anything like that. You don't love them anymore. You don't not attract it. This is a real thing, and you have to look at what's going on with estrogen and testosterone, your sex drive, fatigue, mood change- changes. You're not just all of a sudden sick of your family. This is a real thing. Uh, progesterone and testosterone, low libido again, mood swings, disrupted sleep. If you're waking up uh, in the middle of the night, that's that's a huge one to look at. Then we look at estrogen and thyroid hormones that influences weight changes. If you're having a hard time maintaining your weight, losing weight, if you're exhausted, if you have disrupted menstrual cycles, all of that. Testosterone and cortisol, again, symptoms, increased stress, reduce muscle mass. So if you're working out and you're like, I'm not getting any gains, uh, let's look at your testosterone, your cortisol, and your altered sleep. Estrogen and cortisol, weight gain is associated with that, mood swings, disrupted sleep. So you need to look at not just, again, one or two things, we're looking at everything. And then we look at progesterone and cortisol, and when those are off, it can cause anxiety, sleep disturbances, menstrual irregularities. Very, very important to look at progesterone and cortisol. So again, you are never alone. A 30-minute consultation will do you good. I can either send you in a new direction. I can tell you um, some basic things to switch up. A lot of value in there. And again, d at confidentlyloveyourself.com. Shoot me an email. Let me know you listened to this episode and what, what you need help with or what you'd like more information on. For today, that's a wrap, my friends. A huge shout out to all of the listeners for um, dialing in today and working on your health, elevating your health and uh, biohacking by knowing this stuff. You're really reversing your age, your biological age. Thank you so much for the questions. Stay tuned for some more episodes. Make sure you follow the podcast to stay in touch. Share this with your friends. And remember that understanding the intricate web of hormone interactions is not an easy one. That's why I've already gotten two certifications in it. Continue to study it. Continue to get on with these clinical advisors like Dustin. Everybody is different. So remember, you're not your sister. You're not your mother. Everybody's different. 
And uh, it's important to talk through it with a hormone expert. As a reminder, I'm certified in hormone health. And if the, these topics resonate, I know I just said it, but please, please, you are not alone. If you feel like something's off, it probably is. You need to be an advocate for yourself. I'm here to support you on your journey to hormonal harmony. So please reach out. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Confidently Balancing Your Hormones. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd love for you to share it with a friend and also hit follow at the top of this podcast. If you have a couple of minutes and you can leave a quick review, it will help other women in need find this podcast. You can find me on Instagram at confidently underscore love underscore yourself. I would love to stay connected and hear from you.